Chapter 4 When Leonora woke up, she was sitting in a gigantic tower overlooking the desert. Nathan, wrapped inside of his cloak as a scarf, was scanning the horizon for the Shadow Knights. Jack, Theradan's son, remained with them, sharpening the arrows on his bow. Tucking them back into his quiver, he sat up and stared at Leonora. Oh, hey, you're awake. She sat up and grabbed her knife. Where are we now? she asked. Nathan took his eyes away from the desert and turned to her. We're at the Temple of Sand. Previously, it served as a sanctuary to the Royal Guards. Jack's ears and eyes perked up. What do you mean, previously? Nathan sighed and turned to Jack. Long ago, before my mom and dad, my uncle ruled the kingdom. He had with him an elite force of ancient monks or royal guardians. Their personal belief was that our spirits passed on to take the forms of animals when we die. Jack whistled. Hey, that's something that my magician friends support as well. I don't see anything wrong with it. Right, Nathan said. However, my uncle didn't exactly support this new belief. Fearing that he would be judged as different and overthrown by their leader, he banished them from the kingdom. Once they disappeared, they vanished. Their knowledge, training, and everything about them disappeared. In fact, somewhere off down the tower, something moved. A stone clacked against the ground. Everyone turned with their weapons at the ready. Nathan, still wrapped in his scarf, stepped off the edge of the tower and led the way down the steps. Jack ignited his hand in flames to give light to the tunnels, and Leonora held her knife ready. They entered through a wide open room. Everything was black, cold, and silent. Nathan looked around. Jack, if you please. Jack understood. Lighting it, the ten arrows in his quiver on fire, he quickly fired the ten arrows through the air. Even in the dark, each arrow hit its mark, igniting a torch on the wall. The room, as they could see it, was covered in sand, dust, and cobwebs. Ancient drawings covered the walls, and statues of people in hoods lined the walls. The statues were covered in cobwebs and sand as well, and the floor was covered in tons of sand and dust. Man, there is way too much sand, Leonor said. I know. Why do you think they call it the Temple of Sand? Jack said jokingly. In the center of the room stood a coffin. Nathan approached the coffin and slid the lid off. The trio advanced inwards towards slowly and silently, with their weapons drawn. Inside sat the skeleton of the royal headmaster. Leonora covered her mouth from screaming, Jack backed away horrified, and Nathan looked in closer at the skeleton. Nathan noticed something wrapped in a ragged cloth in the headmaster's hands. Reaching in, he pried it out. Ugh, that cannot look too good, Jack said, and unwrapped the cloth. Nathan found a golden glove inside. In the center of the glove sat a beauteous white diamond. Nathan slid the glove onto his hand. Looking into the diamond, the dust on it made him resemble his father. He sighed, missing his parents with every day that they were gone. Jack, however, had seen something strange in the firelight. On one of the walls, on one of the drawings, which read, Don't trust, and then something written in a strange language, one of the bricks was loose. Jack pulled it, and a door opened behind the coffin. They all looked down the tunnel. A voice seemed to whisper up from the dark, Free us. Nathan shivered. I don't remember ever seeing this in the ancient manuscripts back at home. Jack once again ignited his hand into flame, but as he stepped into the tunnel, his hand was instantly extinguished. Nathan heard someone from the darkness. Put away your weapon. Any other form of magic is useless in these catacombs. Nathan looked at the others. Can you hear anything, guys? 
Leonora and Jack looked to each other, and back to Nathan. No. Why? Leonora asked. Nathan cleared his throat. I can hear you because of the glove, correct? The voice whispered up from the tunnel. Correct. Your friends are in grave danger down here. Only a descendant of the royal family can pass through these tunnels. Nathan looked back to his friends. I'll see you guys after I'm done. Keep watch, and I'll try to make it back alive. Leonora nodded, and Jack shook his hand. Stay safe, Nathan. According to the library books at my village, I've heard that without a royal sword or heirloom, you can get seriously lost in those tunnels, so be on your guard. Nathan nodded to his two friends, and then began the journey down the stairs through the catacombs. Chapter 5 Jack and Leonora stayed up at the tower. Jack, who had been silent with thought, stared across the desert to the mountains. The columns of smoke from his village had finally disappeared, and clouds that filled the sky. He looked to the ground thinking about his family, his father, his friends, everyone that he knew and loved. Once he got out of the temple, he was going to spear the Shadow Knight through the skull with one of his arrows. He looked up from the ground and found no Leonora. She was gone, vanished into the air. Jack snapped up both already. In his arrowhead shining in the moonlight, he saw a masked figure with a spear on the roof. Whipping around on his heel, there was nothing. Jack turned again, but the figure was on top of him with her knee on his throat. Jack tried to reach for his bow. No good. The figure took off her mask, revealing a girl's age. Shh! These are sacred ruins! Jack sat up, clutching his throat. Ugh! Who are you, and where did you come from? The girl sighed, putting her spear away. My name's Aurora, and I've been tracking you since you left the mountain. I live in these ruins. Jack couldn't believe what he was hearing. All at once, he turned to look down the tower. A mass of black figures were riding toward the tower. Jack pulled out his bow, and Aurora drew her spear. Who are they, she asked. Jack fired three precise fire arrows through the air. Dunno, but they're definitely not friends. Jack turned toward the door and found Leonora hanging off the wall. Getting her down, they all grabbed their weapons and prepared for battle. Well, at least after Aurora apologized. Nathan walked through the maze of corpses, sand, tunnels, swinging axes, and torches. Suddenly, his footsteps stopped. Huh? What's this? He was in the same room as the door to the treasure room, but between them was a giant black pit. Nathan stared back, but the voice returned. Use the glove. Nathan looked out of the caverns and then down to his glove. Closing his eyes, Nathan felt the glove begin to glow. Then, he found that through a purple mist, there were platforms that he could stand on, and other bridges underneath him. But when he opened his eyes, they disappeared. Closing his eyes again, Nathan hopped across the platform and flipped off the last one to the other side. Staring down into the empty void, he could see the other bridges leading to different rooms. Huh, what was that? he asked, but there was no response from the darkness. Nathan shrugged it off, opened the treasure room door, and stepped inside. There, he found millions of it coins, gems, rubies, and diamonds worth of money, and a giant hole in the floor. Nathan looked into the darkness, hearing the voice again. Go down the hole. Inside is a monster who long ago has destroyed us in our sacred legacy. Defeat him, and our souls shall be freed. Nathan nodded in the gloom. I have no idea what that means, he asked, and then he jumped into the pit. He slid down the wall, somersaulted off the bottom, and got to his feet unharmed. Nathan looked around the giant platform he was standing on. Nothing seemed wrong with the room. Suddenly, he saw a single blazing green eye appear from the gloom. 
whipping out his sword and pulling on his hood, Nathan A. walked around and sidestepped around the eye. The eye was quickly followed by a monster with six hands but no arms, and its torso hung from the ceiling like a spider. Tentacles on its body flailed, and it let out a harrowing shriek as it charged. Chapter 6 Nathan wasted no time in grabbing his sword from its sheath. Closing his eyes and using the dream power of the Guardians, he could see the invisible demon through the darkness. Even though it charged, he slashed at one hand, jumped off the next, and then thrust his sword into the demon's back. It shrieked and threw Nathan off. He backflipped and once again closed his eyes. In the purple mist, the hands emerged first and then the demon. Using the hands as platforms, Nathan side-rolled and then jumped. The force of the hands slamming onto the platform flung Nathan through the air. He yelled, flipped through the air, and thrust his sword right through the beast's eye. The beast screamed as its eye hit the floor. Clutching its empty eye socket with one of its wounded hands, it slunk away into the shadows. And before long, Nathan heard a, lo heard a loud crash from above. Cleaning his sword, Nathan looked at the eye. It was twice his scythe. Shiver shivering, Nathan sighed and looked around himself to see the ghost of the monks. The headmaster emerged from the crowd, a man with fur lining on his robes, and he approached Nathan. You have freed us from our imprisonment. For that, we are truly grateful for your service. You will make a fine king in the future, Nathan Arathurus. With that, the monks gave one last bow to Nathan and disappeared into the gloom, leaving only a silver necklace. Picking it up, Nathan read, around, read aloud, Use this when you truly need us. Pocketing his necklace, Nathan used a rope to make his way back up the wall and out into his friends. What the? Aurora stopped him. You're Nathan, correct? Nathan nodded. Yeah? Who are you? Aurora aside. My name's Aurora, and we're currently surrounded by Shadow Knights. There's no escape out of this room. Nathan climbed out of the hole. Not quite. Nathan pulled out the necklace and held up to the torchlight. The room suddenly grew cold and quiet. Then... There were shrieks from outside the room. The kids pushed open the door to find that all of the Shadow Knights had either been destroyed by the ceiling or fallen into the black, empty void. But not all of them were gone. Nathan saw the Shadow Knight heading back up the staircase. He charged across the empty void with his eyes closed walking across the platforms. Nathan, wait! Leonora yelled, but it was too late. Their blades met in a resounding clang that shook the walls of the cavern. It threw Leonora and Aurora off their feet and down into the void. Jack ran to them, but the hole closed up. No, he yelled. Nathan parried the thrust from the Shadow Knight and slashed at him. It cut a white-hot gash on his chest plate. Staggering back, the Shadow Knight smiled. You're an admirable child, but not even you can defeat me. Not once I have complete power over everything. He disappeared into the night as if nothing had happened. Nathan sighed and sheathed his sword. Where's the other two? Jack pointed to the ground. Uh, they went down there and vanished. Nathan looked to the ground. Closing his eyes, he saw that down on one of the other bridges, another tunnel was hidden from sight just beyond the treasure room. Follow me, Nathan yelled, and the two boys hopped down the bridges and ran across the cavern. Leonora sat up, dazed. She was in a giant dome-shaped room with smooth walls, rivers, and a single shaft up through the top. Golden markings and drawings lined the walls, and in front of those it drawings and it writings were dragons. These were great Chinese dragons that swirled through the air, twisted and flew, and walked and ran across the ground. 
Leonora woke Aurora, and together they walked through the giant room towards the shaft at the top. Suddenly, they felt a breath on, behind their backs. One of the bigger dragons had made its way over to them. It was big with red and blue scales. Yellow dots specked its scales, and white paint zigzagged between it, the red and blue marks. Its eyes were brilliant purple, and it seemed curious with the two girls. It nuzzled them, and then lifted them onto its back. Here we go, Aurora yelled, and the dragon carried them up through the hole in the ceiling and out to the catacombs again. Nathan and Jack walked back across the invisible platform when they heard screaming. Jack looked down into the pit with his bow at the ready. The dragon, carrying Leonora and Aurora, picked up Nathan and Jack in its hands. Hey, whoa, Nathan yelled, and the tower on top of the temple from far away exploded with sand. The dragon circled through the air, its ears and scales practically singing in the air. Flying away, the team looked out over the kingdom. There was the temple, the reservoir, the mountains, and the forests. Jack looked back at the temple. Man, that place was really creepy. Let's not go visiting there anytime soon again. Leonora laughed. Did you two have fun while we were gone? Nathan smiled, revealing a sack of rubies, diamonds, and other riches. Yeah, well, I did. Jack didn't seem to like the magic in that place. Everyone laughed as they set off toward the ashen plains and the volcanic rise. But even as they flew away above, the Shadow Knight watched them from the ancient forest near the ashen plains. Huh. They are but fools. Even if they make it to the mountain people, they will never last in the maze of the sorcerer insane. With that, he laughed and rode away to the reservoir.